Why is it time to get excited about family mealtime? We'll find out on the next episode of the Food Experience Unplugged video series. Hey everyone, Michelle Seidling here for another episode of the Food Experience Unplugged video series. Have you ever felt like mealtime is just another thing on your to-do list? Well, think again. Today, we will talk about how to get excited about mealtime, some trends in mealtime that you can take advantage of, and specific steps to implement mealtime in your home and build family traditions and positive food experiences. Here to help us do that is Jerrica Burge, Associate Professor and Vice Chair of Research at the University of Minnesota. Jerrica, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to have a conversation with you. Yes, now I was just looking at, back at your research and your experience, you've got so many different uh, endeavors that you're in, associate professor at the university, um, the director of the health and eating activity in the learning, in the lifespan. Yeah, it's healthy eating <laughs> across the lifespan. Across mm -hmm. the lifespan and, um, let's see, director, uh, vice chair of research yeah, also. Yeah, another hat that I wear. Oh, so, so many different endeavors. Will you tell us a little bit about your work and how does family mealtime tie mm -hmm. into all of that? Mm -hmm. Well, I've always been interested in child health behaviors within the context of the family environment. So my training, my doctorate degree was in family studies and then also family therapy and then public health. And so I bring those two worlds together. I talk about how the different things that happen in the home environment, like family mealtimes, can okay. influence kid health. And so it's their dietary intake, it's their weight behaviors, it's their risk-taking behaviors, all those things. And so I've always done research, and then I've also always done clinical work in um, the realm of mental health with families. And so in the clinic, I work with families who are struggling all the time with problems in the home with kiddos and, and um, helping them to be healthy as well as having you know good well-being and mental health and so I've always just been passionate about how those two worlds come together both the mental health and the physical health and um, the family meal times specifically came together because weight and weight related behaviors is such a common thread across mm -hmm. health behaviors and yeah. if you can help with with weight related issues then most kids are on a good path and good dietary intake, they're on a good path. And mealtimes, most people eat. <laughs> and the other thing is in, in most cultures, they have some form of a family meal. And so it seemed like a very, you know, um, really opportune variable in the family that people do across cultures and across the world. And so that was an area that I thought, what a, what a great place to try to intervene and to learn more about so we can help families to really put their kids on a path for health as well as their own selves. Sure, now tying into that a little mm -hmm. bit, you had um, a few years ago, you did a study on how, you know, how many meal times, yeah. what's kind of that nuance? Will yeah. you tell us a little what bit about find? that? Yeah, so we actually found that they don't have to be as, as um, frequent as you think maybe. Some people probably mm -hmm. think in order to really gain the benefits of family meals, you have to have them every day. Well, we actually found that even if you have approximately two, it was really the average number was two across a kid's 
you know, growing up time. So we measured in childhood, adolescence, and then into adulthood. We had a 15-year longitudinal study, and it really showed that those kids who were having about two a week when they were adults, their risk for obesity was much lower than kids who did not have family meals at all. Really? So it really only takes a couple. And we also found, interestingly enough, that it doesn't even have to be the, the dinner time, which is where everyone thinks meals mm -hmm. have to happen. We actually found breakfast could count, lunch could count. It's, a, it's about convening the family together around the table. Okay. And um, the other interesting things we found is that that doesn't have to be from scratch, because that's what takes time, right? That we, we found that people who were even combining some fresh you know, vegetables and salads and, and that type of um, food with like a pizza that was from the store was still enough to have the, the diet quality in children. So it's, it's about being, um, being aware of having healthy and fresh foods, but it doesn't have to be from scratch necessarily, that they still had those dietary you know, indicators of quality and the weight status still was lower than kids who didn't have any family meals or had fast food for family meals. Um, but it just is a lot more doable to think that you could have a meal that has some home cooked or you know, from scratch and some pre-prepared and throwing in a salad with a meal is, is sometimes just enough to make it worth you know, worthwhile. Sure, because I mean, busy parents, they're mm -hmm. not always able to, to make a meal from scratch yeah. and it's, it's good to know that there's uh, at least some um, contributing mm -hmm. factors there. Yeah, and there's some flexibility that um, parents don't have to hold themselves to this high standard. That's where I think parents, all of us, get a little um, frustrated where we hear, have family meals, and in our mind we're thinking, every day, how am I going to make them from scratch? That's too much to ask. And really what we're finding is a couple times you can you know, have a combination meal and that will be enough. So what gets people excited about family meal time? I know that's kind of a, you yeah. know, you either love it or you hate it, but um, right. what, what, what really, if people are going to love family meal mm -hmm. time, what really mm -hmm. gets them going? Mm -hmm. um, so as you said, like the people who think that um, family meals have to be every day, everyone there from scratch, I think that gets people down and, and um, thinking that they're impossible to do. And then there's the group that I think they realize that um, bringing the family together is, is what is important and, and they don't maybe think about the other factors that come with it. And so what I think is great about it and what I think once people hear um, the evidence behind it, they realize that family mealtimes can provide an opportunity for the things they want, which is probably connectedness, together time, right? Um, checking in with each other's lives, but it also brings these other great benefits from academic success to healthy you know, dietary intake to emotional wellness. And those are the things I think most people get excited about that you know, they feel like they can, it's more doable than they thought um, as far as you know, what we've found in research. And so when they, they know that they can get that benefit plus connectedness and time wow. to talk and sure. you know, that maybe it's a tradition also that you know, it's kind of like, um, a great thing to invest in because you can get so much out of so little really over time. Sure. Mm -hmm. Now kind of tying into that, you know, with the benefits with academic success, mm -hmm. with Connected, so why are those benefits? Why, why, is, why does that happen? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of people looking into this, not just, um, you know, like 
when you take surveys and you answer, you know, I have this many family meals or I, I like it for this reason, there's been research that we've done too that are qualitative interviews and so you actually try to get people's why behind sure. it like you're talking about. And most commonly what people will say to us is that it's important to them to bring their family together. And so what we think then is um, as you bring people together, as you focus on connectedness and communication, that brings a, a strength and a bond in the family that they want to get together maybe more often. And so people then get a little bit more enthused about having family meals because it really does become a central routine in the family. And so they, in fact, look forward to it, right? Um, the reason we think the dietary benefits are there is because when you have regular meal times, you're putting some thought and effort into planning them. Okay. And so you're probably more likely to you know, add that fruit or vegetable to the menu. Or um, if you're thinking about the type of meals that you're having, you're more um, likely to, again, bring in food that's um, the combination meals of like homemade plus fresh foods versus just grabbing fast food okay. for dinner. Sure. They're a little more planned, and so we think that people are getting healthier foods then, and so the children then eat that, and then their diet, diet quality is much better. It's similar to their you know, the parents and the others who are consuming that meal. It's about probably that planfulness that has to come a little bit with having family meals. So I think that's the why behind the, the good dietary data and the weight-related data. I think the other stuff around academic success and achievement is more about the connectedness and checking in. When you have regular times to check in with your kids, they know that, that you, you know that you care. They also know that um, there's expectations, and so I think that it provides a structure. I mean, routines help people to feel safe and also, um, you know, that structure to help them set goals or to to get things accomplished. And so I think that those family meals serve a, a purpose for that. Okay, does that connection? I don't know if you've studied, mm -hmm. you know. How is it different from, okay, just everybody just kind of sitting in the living room having a right. conversation? Right, something about like putting but food in your mouth. the food, yeah. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, there, I don't know of a study that's really compared like, you know, so, you know the, putting people in two different groups and trying it out and seeing if one's better than another. Sure. But my guess is that there's something about the meal that does matter because people are, are taking in things that they usually like. Like, they're, you know, you're, all your senses are engaged, so you're... Oh. You're tasting, you're seeing, you're hearing, all those things that go with a meal time are more likely to happen than if you just maybe were sitting in the room talking together. Um, which is not to say that's important too, right? Just having oh, yeah. conversations. But I do think there's something about the meal time because all those senses are engaged and so there's, there's memories happening there that you can, you know, the smell of, I don't know, your favorite cooked meal that your mom makes, right? That brings back memories. And so I think the senses have a lot to do with with that part too, that it's more important that the eating happens than just the sitting and talking, or it, it contributes at least to, to these great outcomes. So what are some trends that you've found about family mealtime? Anything that, that really sticks out? I think people are pretty interested in family meals because there's been quite a bit of research over the last you know, decade or two about them, and so people are trying to figure out how they can do them and um, how to make them feasible in their own family. So I think a lot of people are interested in them, and so I've seen um, you know, people trying to help put you know, re healthy recipes together so people can do family meals or um, how to help people think about family meals more broadly, a, you know, a broader definition. Um, the one thing I think that we've always tried to be careful of as researchers is to put messages out there that don't um, increase people's stress. Sure. <laughs> and so as I was talking about before, I mean, we're really careful 
in what we communicate um, in the research about you know, what family meals should be so that we don't put extra burden on, on families. So to me, that's been a trend, I think, in the research, getting the information out to families. We really want to make it clear this isn't onerous. It's not an everyday from scratch situation. It's like, okay. do them a couple times a week. You know, do your best that you can. Be aware of what you're putting on the table, but don't stress yourself out about it. Now, it hasn't always been like that. Oh, families, you know, several decades ago, family meal time was kind of a common, common thread, a common occurrence, mm -hmm. but then there was a falling away for a little while. So, and it's only been, been recent that there's been that resurgence mm -hmm. in family meal time. So what do you think contributed to that falling away mm -hmm. and, and that people are, are now kind of, kind of uh, focused on getting back to yeah. family meal time? Well, I don't think there's been really definitive research about it, but I'll tell you what I think from um, working with families and hearing stories from them regarding their own um, experiences as well as the, we call it intergenerational transmission of family meals. So what went okay. from you know your family to your current family to your children's family, why did it get translated or not translated across generations, right? So we've done some research on that. And I think in general that you're right, that it was kind of more of a traditional things and, and families did do family meal times. I think then you, you start talking about um, things that have you know, gotten in the way of that. We, more of us families have dual family, dual um, workers in the, in the household. And so there's less families maybe at home to feel like they could focus on that. I mean, that's part of the hypothesis. I honestly think it's because um, people feel the stress or the pressure of like doing it just right and and when you feel like there's a certain way to do it and you can't do it quite that way that you get you can get down on yourself and feel too much stress and then you don't do it right but what we've heard from a lot of families are um, again that intergenerational transmission if they had them when they were kids but then didn't do it with their own kids what are some of those reasons um, and then vice versa if you did do it and you kept doing it what were the reasons sure. so what we've heard from both those groups one um, the group that carried them on would will say things like it they have benefited from it such as the communication with their families and feeling close and connected that they bring their family together right for instance or they care a lot about the nutrition their kid eats or if they have chronic chronic diseases or chronic illness it's another place where um, everyone can help with managing the disease if everyone's trying to chip in and maybe eat the same, like a family with a kid who has diabetes, for instance, if they're supporting the child in what they're eating at a family meal, it's very powerful. So families have carried it forward for those reasons. Families who haven't, it's been things like it's too stressful to maintain it or um, you know, life, they just, their life has become so busy with two people working or, or even if they're single parents, you know, they, it's another thing on the to-do list. And so it's, um, it fell off the to-do list, right? But I do think that um, the, the more positive message that has been kind of put out there because of the research that it's, it's one of those things that's more doable than we thought, you know, like when I was saying that you only have to have a couple a week, I think the resurgence is because families feel like it's doable again. So what does the expression positive food experience mean to you? Positive food experience. So this is interesting because I think um, some of the things that you do during family meals matter. So for instance, some of the stuff that I've looked into with my research is looking at not only like the factors that make you know, meal times doable and the benefits of having meal times, but what actually happens during the meal times. And so focusing on how to make them positive, having a positive food experience is really important. And so some of that is around what parents do during the mealtime. 
Um, sometimes parents can use the mealtime as a place to lecture or give critiques about food that the kid's eating or pressure them to eat certain kinds of food. You know, the clean plate club, like you can't leave the table till oh, yeah. you finished everything <laughs> on your plate or things like that. And we we found in our research that parents that focus on that, like really what the kid eats and trying to get them to, to finish their food up or, or using it as a lecture around getting their grades up or what they're doing are, are the ones in which we don't see the same outcomes um, whereas compared to families who don't use it as a place for, for those things. So we talk about you know, having a positive food experience um, to families specifically around like you know, putting lots of variety of choices on the, meal, you know, on the table for the meal so parent, kids can choose around healthy foods, talking about you know, positive things that are happening in their life, not necessarily checking in on the negative things that are happening, right? Um, Focusing on kind of a family kind of identity, like what are the things the family likes to do together? It's a chance to connect um, around that identity more so than individual identities and who's doing what and not doing what. It's the schedules for the week, for instance, um, that could come up or an interesting topic that they want to talk about. And there's a lot of those, um, speaking of what are some trends, there's these, these trends I've seen lately around the family meal game. You might have seen some marketing around that people will put together um, little questions you could ask at the table right like if you were going to be an animal what animal would you be or okay. you know little fun <laughs> questions to start conversations um, as a way of again bringing a, fo a positive focus during the meal and and if there is that positive focus then kids tend to have more positive food experiences at that meal time that then are associated with these great outcomes that we were talking about earlier. So what steps can people take to, to create those positive food experiences? Mm -hmm. You mentioned it doesn't, they don't have to do it very frequently during yeah. the week, but what are, are there some kind of takeaways that, mm -hmm. that people can, if they're just starting or mm -hmm. maybe they're, they're continuing to do that? Yeah. I think one of the things that's important is to, to really buy into the idea of routines and, and to value thinking that having pretty regular meal times will um, bring value to the family. Um, so that's a first step is just thinking about that having routine is a useful and a helpful thing. Um, as I was saying earlier, that they uh, really provides kind of this predictability, stability for families. So that is, I think, the first thing. And then the second thing is to, to do a reasonable plan, right? To, to not start with, we're doing this every night or sure. every day of the week, to start with that reasonable plan of, you know, even once, start at once and see what happens. Um, and as I was saying earlier, it, it only takes a couple, as far as the evidence says, to, to really get the benefits of it. So starting simple, the um, menu planning, again, starts simple. We know that it doesn't have to be all from scratch, you know, <laughs> like really combine some fresh fruit, fresh fruit and vegetables, a salad, whatever it might be. Um, with something that's pre-prepared. I mean, that's, it's really could start there. And then the other thing is then again, breaking up the flexibility of what the term meal, family meal means. It doesn't have to be dinner. You think what works for your family. Like, are you more likely to get together on the weekend for breakfast? Are you, is it easier to pull off a lunch? You know, figure out what's gonna be the, 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 the reduce the barriers the most, right? So if you, if you know that breakfast really are gonna work better, then try a, a family breakfast. Right, and then the last thing was just making sure that when you have those family meals, that you really try to focus more on the positive, you know, aspects of life rather than making them an opportunity to to call people out on behaviors or, or things like that. 
I'd say the other thing that we've found is that the more you can also involve um, the kids in actually preparing the meal, they also get invested in the meal itself. So as they help to learn recipes or, or put together recipes, that they are more invested in actually trying the food on the table and having mealtimes in the future. So that's another thing to keep in mind, like to, to bring the kids in on, into the making of the family meal. So do you have an example or two of um, how families have integrated that mealtime and, and how things went and, mm -hmm. and their, their outcomes per yeah. se? So some of the research we had done where we interviewed families about mealtimes, several identified times in which you know, they didn't grow up with family meals, but then they wanted to implement them in their own families because they had heard of all these great results. And a lot of those families talk about um, just a striking difference going from having a kind of an unstructured mealtime, people kind of going every which way, um, to being, feeling more like they have a routine. So um, in this one family that we interviewed, they talked a lot about how before um, implementing some family meals, they didn't really feel like they had a lot of like commonalities or connectedness that mm -hmm. everyone was doing their own thing, right? Whether it was yeah. sports or after school clubs or coming home from work or whatever it might be. But um, as they decided they wanted to try, try family meals, they actually ended up doing like breakfasts on the weekend is what they tried to do. And what they found is that as they did that, there was more of those reasons to connect. And as they talked and learned about each other, they, you know, they felt like there was a lot more of this family identity and who they were that came together versus these individual lives of, that were all living separately. Um, and so one family talked a lot about that, how it had brought a lot to their family identity and connectedness had increased and the sense of routine and order and structure to their family helped them just feel like they had a lot more, um, you know, stability. Yeah, so that's one example. Some other families um, that we interviewed are families where they had family meals growing up, but then in you know the busyness of the world, they had kind of stopped doing them sure. and then had decided to start them back up again. And that family um, talked a lot about as they started to put family meals back into their lives, um, they felt like they, they could focus on more than just even the thought. They thought they were going to focus on connectedness and, you know, having a place where everyone could come together. Um, this family actually talked about feeling like all of a sudden they felt like they focused on healthy eating too. Like it was part of, because there was a little more intentional planning um, to a family meal, mm -hmm. the mom talked about how she's like, you know, it became more of my focus to actually think about the healthfulness of my children, what I'm feeding them, right? Because we sure. live in a world where you can kind of grab anything from fast food or the store. And so she said she became a little more intentional about what went on the table. And so the benefit of sure getting together and feeling like you have a place to communicate and talk happened, but also at the same time she felt like she was really able to um, change the, the menu and the, the dietary intake of their family and the, the, that health of their family improved. And so she talked a lot about her husband who had had, um, he had type 2 diabetes and she felt like that really helped to turn the corner on his A1Cs. They kind of came down a little bit and she felt better about that. Um, her kids worrying about them having weight-related health conditions in the future. I mean, she talked about how she felt like that was really helping them to be um, preventing future chronic disease in their kids. So it was pretty powerful to, to hear her say, you know, we get connectedness out of these, we get healthy eating and chronic disease prevention. That's pretty powerful.
So you mentioned as far as a, a parent, you know, p putting more planning involved. Mm -hmm. um, are there any examples where the whole family is involved in cooking, and they, they, whether it be meal planning or the actual mm -hmm. cooking process? How that works? Yeah. So some of the interviews that we we did with families um, talked about meal prep and how they involve the, their kids in that and. Um, many families did talk about that they um, early on involve their kids right away and, and bring them into the, the meal shopping and um, preparing foods and the value of that. And um, I can think of one family in particular, she's a single mom, and she talked a lot about um, it is stressful to be feeling like you're the person who's responsible for the meal, right, or for anything that goes on. And, and she talked about bringing in her, she had kind of like pre-adolescent kids, so like kind of the... 10, 11, 12 year old, which is totally <laughs> a perfect age to get them excited about recipes and cooking. So she, she talked about how she just kind of literally gave it a, gave their, her child the responsibility to help with, with food prep. And so she, you know, she now had time even before the meal where she's spending time with this child, you know, peeling whatever, peeling vegetables, you know, potatoes and um, food prep and getting it, it ready for the night, that that also provided opportunity to talk together, right? And mm, sure. and to really um, bond around around things that you you can't normally get out of a preteen or a teenager. You can't just go in the room and try to get them to talk to you. Sure. You know, you're providing opportunities where communication naturally happens. Mm. So this mom talked a lot about how the food prep, you know, even as importantly as the mealtime, um, made a difference to her and in that involving her her preteen in, in meal prep really brought her connectedness that wasn't there before. So what is the role of the environment? Does environment matter during mealtime, whether they be at home or, mm -hmm. or elsewhere? Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I can. So most of the research we have on that comes from the interviews. Um, we don't have as much data that's like the quantitative data from surveys that show um, the frequency of people doing this or, or if they do it, if it's associated with healthy outcomes. And what families will say in their definition of a family meal is it doesn't matter where it happens as long as you're coming together as a family. Mm -hmm. and so I think that's important, right? Your perspective matters. Mm -hmm. And so families think it matters and that it counts and it should count. There's not, again, a lot of research on if the meal is as healthy. I mean, it would really depend on where you ate right at a restaurant and which one you chose. Sure. But I think the purpose of coming together and the connectedness and communication, the same um, can be had at any location or setting, mm -hmm. right? The bringing people together is still probably beneficial no matter where you're at. So where can people go for more information if they want to learn more about your research or about different steps they can take to start family mealtime? Yeah. So we would have um, any of the studies that we have done would be on our website in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, where our, our research is all listed and the papers that um, we've done research on are, are all there. And then also the Healthy Eating and Activity Across the Lifespan Center, that's the center that I direct. We also have resources regarding family mealtimes and any other thing you can think of related to the family environment with dietary intake or food. Jerrica, thanks so much for joining us. It's been really an eye-opener as mm -hmm. far as mealtime trends, and I think we've, what we've talked about helps people to, to breathe a little easier mm -hmm. and knowing they can implement mealtime a little bit better. So. Yeah, and that's good to hear because that's really the, the purpose of what I like to do is study something, find out how it can be useful, and then make it really um, 
accessible to families to really to, to carry out whatever it is. And in this case with mealtimes, I think that they are pretty doable and there's such a benefit that can be had that I hope people feel like they can, can have. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Food Experience Unplugged video series. For more information, please visit our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com and be sure to follow us on social media. We look forward to seeing you on Food Experience Unplugged, where food, fun, and memories come together.